Welcome back, everyone, to yet another episode of Truth Speaks. Welcome back, everyone, to yet another episode of Truth Speaks. I think this is episode seven or eight, nine. I don't know, but whatever. Whatever it is, we don't have any news for you today because this entire episode is going to be dedicated to the director of EQT Digital, who's come to talk to us about AI and its drastic effect on society. Are they good or are they bad? Stay tuned and find out. Thank you. For our guest on this episode, we would like to welcome Sven Tarnquist to the show. Sven is one of the head of EQT Digital and is one of the leaders of implementing new technology into the private equity field. He has worked in senior positions in companies like Google and Egexon and is also an alumnus of Stockholm School of Economics as well as Stanford University in the fields of business and economics. We are honored and excited to have such a knowledgeable expert come on our podcast and give us insight into an emerging field of technology, especially relevant today. Needless to say, we are extremely appreciative of you taking the time to speak with us. Thank I'm honored. Thank you. So starting off then, what do you think the possible powers and limitations of AI are going into the future? Yeah, look, um, if I knew I would be, uh, you know, in a, in a fantastic place right now, I would, I would buy some stock, I would found amazing companies. But, but I can tell you this, uh, I'm, I'm quite... Uh, convinced that this is uh, this is one of the big ones right the, the one of the massive breakthroughs and you can you can uh, compare it to uh, the introduction of electricity or, or, or the web in its original uh, way or form because that's that's how impactful this is and and it will rewrite a lot of, of um, human activity in, in mostly a good way or you know fundamentally a good way I think this is this is an incredibly uh, powerful tool uh, but exactly how it'll play out you know you have the the first order effects you can see them uh, you know this will replace x or you know this will improve y but then the second and third order effects that that you know create new industries new verticals new companies that is much harder to see and in the context of our experience how do you think ai and schools and teachers in general should be kind of combined can they do that you think it's dangerous to do something like that um, as with anything it has to right so mm -hmm. so you know, it's like um, uh, you can't wish away technology. It's going to be here. You need to adapt to it. But but clearly, um, uh, I mean, a lot of people people will focus now on on ChatGPT and and uh, it can write your essays, right? So so then we'll have to adapt, right? And and uh, 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 you you need to learn uh, the the uh, uh, practical implement implementation, but also the the limitations. Okay, yeah, you're not going to have uh, homeschooling assignments anymore. You're not going to write essays in that shape right the essays mm -hmm. will have to be written uh, live right in in a controlled environment so so there i think we can work around it i don't see any big issues with with ai as it stands in the, in the applied in in the schools so then looking at even younger kids uh, what do you think about parents what access should they give their children to ai uh that's trickier i think uh, i think um on on a if you look at if you look at kids, I think this is this is kind of a, an exciting era. If you if you think about uh, uh, um, the the uh, equality in in life, you have a lot of kids who have uh, very fortunate. A lot of, of kids listening to this podcast probably have parents who are well educated, have good jobs, but even more so, they are they're plugged into ecosystems with other parents and other kids, and very you know you get inspired by by people that you meet. That doesn't apply to all kids. With, with AI, potentially, 
you can you can have a conversational partner that that compensates for for any shortage in your in your immediate family or you know you're an immigrant family or something that that you can you get can plug into and and get yeah well what's the What's the lawyer's perspective on this? What's the banker's perspective on this? What's the carpenter's perspective on this? You don't know those people, but you can access their knowledge thanks to the synthesized AI version of those uh, uh, proficiencies. So, so I think that is exciting. On small kids, I think um, if, if I would go back and, and uh, do, do parenting over, I would <laughs> limit a lot of technology. I would limit a lot of access to technology and screens uh, until much later and in... Uh, in life but that's that's just a hard-earned um, um, learning yeah so but then you mentioned uh, uh, that you can get perspectives of bankers in different professions with their knowledge do you think that the fact that it's an AI and it's not emotional affects the knowledge that the AI has about those positions um, yeah well you can you can see I think I think what's what's exciting about uh, AI is that it, it's the, the interface as such uh, a lot of what you can, a lot of, of, of uh, uh, the AI's knowledge you can access today. It's just that it's super tricky. You, you need to, to write SQL code or you, you need to you know, be a data scientist basically, basically to, to extract those learnings. With AI, uh, you can come in, in a conversational manner, ask AI. So um, uh, what's, the, what's the, you know, a, a specific legal situation or you're, 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 a, you know, you're a software engineer and, and you need to write some code that you haven't written before? You can learn a lot, right? And, and get in a simple form. You ask the question outright in, in your native tongue and you get the answers back in, in a way that you can, you can comprehend and understand. So that, you know, if, when you reduce the barriers of accessing uh, uh, information, you consume a lot more of it. Uh, if you think about what, what happened when, when, uh, when um, in the early days of internet, you guys are too young to remember this, but but you know we had big computers. They were were you know one by one meters wide, and and they they were plugged into the wall, so you couldn't move them around, right? They were heavy, and they were plugged in by cable to something, mm -hmm. right? So so uh, you know you would use it to do your your little bit of home banking, uh, Google something. Then you'd you'd you know you you'd walk from there and you sit down on your sofa and you'd watch linear television, right? Yeah. Um, when Wi-Fi came uh, and and um, uh, laptops came, uh, internet became much more mobile. You could move the the physical devices around in your home, but you were still tied to the home or the office because that's where where Wi-Fi was. So if you were out and about, you couldn't access the world's information. Today, already before AI, with the the, the smartphones, we can access all the information in the world on people, on products, on prices, on, on anything, right? So that's quite, quite compelling, right? 24-7 uh, access to all of the world's information in its current form. AI amplifies this again. When you reduce the, the you know, we're going to be able to just outright ask uh, uh, our, our devices and get very, very informed uh, uh, answers right back with, with zero uh, uh, friction. So one thing, that, cool. one thing that I wonder is when you say that you can use AI to kind of fill these learning gaps and kind of gaps that people have, to what extent can we use AI before it becomes a crutch that kind of hurts us more than it helps us? And do you think that there will be a crutch or that's just good to have that supporting hand? I, I don't know. I, I think this is tricky because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an optimist and, and uh, you know, they say that 
as actually pessimists are more happy because they have this negative out, uh, out, outlook on, on life, on anything, right? No, surely that won't happen and surely uh, Russia won't invade. Uh, and then uh, when Russia does invade or Brexit happens or, or you know, the wrong presidents get elected, uh, you get very uh, uh, sad as an, as an optimist, whereas the pessimists, they are, yeah, well, I, 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 knew, I knew this was going to happen. They, 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 and when thing, bad things doesn't happen, the pessimist gets positively surprised, whereas yeah. the optimist is just neutral about that. So I'm very optimistic about technology in, in general. And, and, you know, when social media came, I was super bullish. And, and I, I only saw the, the, the positive. Uh, and, and there are lots of, of positives uh, on, on social media. Today, looking back and, and where, where we are in social media uh, specifically, I see a lot of negatives. And, and to me, it's not clear if it's a net positive or a net, net negative, to be, mm -hmm. to be perfectly honest. In this case, with AI, I'm certainly not one of those, um, uh, um, you know, predicting a, 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 a dem, uh, you know, some form of, of, a, of a catastrophe here or a sentient, you know, Terminator scenario at all. Yeah. Or, or there, there's clear uh, misuse and, and you, can, you, can, uh, you can see that those things, but not to the level where I don't think we can limit them and, and manage it. Yeah. And one more quick follow-up that I have is, are you familiar with the whole Bing chatbot situation? Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about Microsoft, that big of a company with that many resources, releasing something that began saying all kinds of things and essentially malfunctioning? Do you think that's kind of a metaphor for what might happen with AI? Do you think it's going to be dangerous to some extent? What do you think about that? I um, uh, Yeah, this is a very personal view. And I, I, I spent seven years with Google, so... Mm -hmm. so uh, uh, I, I have um, I have a view on search and and uh, Bing. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not sure they're looking to put a great product out. I'm I'm sure that's part of it, but I'm I think they 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 might be in to hurt Google more mm -hmm. uh, by by uh, and and maybe then jumping the gun a little bit and and the the, the product isn't mature. However, it's 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 also the the nature of AI is that it's a, it's learning, right? So it's it, it's not it's never uh, finished. The product will never be finished. It'll it'll learn, it'll adapt, it'll be fine-tuned. And and um, I'm sure we're going to see that with Bing. I'm 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 using it myself. I think it's uh, it's quite useful and and at times very quite hilarious too. So then, uh, further, how we should trust AI? Uh, should it be trusted in government positions? Because in Romania recently, they hired basically. AI to be a government advisor. Do you think that raises conflicts since AI isn't emotional and it's solely based on? I think I think I'm 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 not too worried about that. I think what what they're doing is uh, uh, the way the way I understood it is that they are mostly um, um, reading uh, the sentiment of, of people, right? So mm -hmm. there's technology for that already now. Um, social media uh, reading solutions so it's trying to gauge the the uh, um, uh, the sentiment in a population or consumer group or whatever basically that's what they're doing and and they want to they want to get input on on what are Romanians thinking i would be very scared if they let ai make government decisions which yeah. is a different thing advising yeah. i think is fine uh, making decisions because we need to we need we need to understand that ai makes lots of mistakes and there are lots of, of situations where, where that doesn't matter. You, you produce something, you produce um, uh, a, a, um, um, you know, a, a piece of music, and, and there's some error in that. 
you know, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, if you if you uh, uh, produce a cancer diagnosis which has a, a, a five percent error rate, that's that's a disaster, right? So so there are lots of use cases where AI's uh, all of the mistakes and the errors doesn't really matter, and there there are lots of use cases where it's super dangerous to rely on on AI solely. So yeah. what happens when AI in the place of power starts telling us that maybe certain humans are unfit for their positions or things like that? When it has an opinion that directly affects people's lives like that? Yeah, look, I, that, that, that's a use case I would shy away from. Uh, mm-hmm. To to um, uh, um, AI um, and, and morals, morals, morals won't won't come from the, AI. Won't learn morals. We need to we need to program that. We need to to uh, you know. Um, I probably not use it in in a in a situation where they could may potentially make racist uh, decisions or, or recommendations on, on on you know really really sensitive stuff. But what happens when different people in different societies share different morals? Then how do you create one thing to represent all of that and not get confused? Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, that's a great question. I think I think look, I think I think we need to be um, probably. Um, binary in the, this regard and not use it in those use cases where where you have large um, uh, where you run a big uh, a, a big risk because it's, it's just too dangerous and until we have uh, uh, developed a little bit further we're, this is early days right this yeah. is uh, early morning on the on the AI front uh, and and we need to I mean the big challenge the technology will continue to evolve uh, um, but we as humans need to to uh, evolve too to actually master this new technology and, the, and the, the opportunities we have. So then basically what we've been talking about is coding ethics. So what do you think the difficulties are in coding ethics and who who do you think has the right to decide what is right and wrong and then how do you code that into an AI? Yeah, this, so, so that's, that's a very good question because if, if we do, the, the obvious reply would be, well, the elected politicians, they have the right to decide this because we elected them. Well, do they have the right um, competence profile for that? It's actually the regulatory environment set up for this. What do we, let, let me let me put it this way: If we have an opportunity here to to deploy AI widely on healthcare and and thereby you know improving uh, the the high quality healthcare on cancer patients by by one point five x or two x or five x or whatever. Um, but we we run the risk of, of uh, one or two you know errors along the way. Today, this is very hard to do. We we I mean, healthcare is one of those issues, and education is another where digitalization broadly is under delivering, and that is due to regulation. Uh, if you think about healthcare specifically, you have very very si- highly sensitive data, uh, medical records of, of people, right? So so and that locks the entire process and and there's so much unfulfilled promise because oh no that data is sensitive so we're not going to go there rather than trying to anonymize the data and and, you know storing the the keys to connecting that particular uh, data sensitive data to an individual because that's what's matter right so so the data if i can't connect this dna sequencing to a human then i should be free to to just uh, Put, put, take that DNA and, and along with 100,000 others and run my AI to try to cure cancer, right? Today, that is very hard to do because it's regulated by politicians who don't quite understand the technology. So then when you talked about sensitive information, I know you said you were an optimist earlier, uh, all these big names right now like Elon Musk and everything say that AI is going to end up being hurtful towards humanity. But 
with AI having the access it has to the sensitive data, do you think AI will ever evolve to the point where it starts making its own decisions about what it thinks it's right and wrong, despite what humans think it should be doing? I, I wouldn't turn to Elon Musk as, as an impressive character. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's probably, I don't think that's the consensus. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the consensus is much more in line with you know, the optimist, and this, this is a tool. Um, and and uh, if we use the, the tool in a, in a smart way, it, it can do wonders for humanity. Um, uh, and there are certainly risks, and, and we'll run into all kinds of, of, uh, of problems. AI decision making, well, it's it's like what, what's going to what do we see here? Will 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 AI? How are they going to enforce that? They, AI doesn't have a body; it can't uh, you know shoot you unless you comply, right? So so at at some point. There's a, there's a human at the other end that will actually um, enforce something. So, so I don't think we're, we're, we're in a position now or in the future where, we, where AI will make lots of, of dangerous decisions. We, we can put limitations to the decisions AI makes. But what about with regards to things like surveillance in China, for example, where you have kind of a credit score? I'm not really familiar exactly with how it works, but you can assume that AI kind of understands people and can connect them to some sort of cloud personality yeah. almost. So what happens to people when people's personalities start living in the AI world and less in the physical world? Yeah, no, look, that that is one of those use cases I think is, is scary and that we should steer away from because it is, I mean, you can you can have AI um, do do credit scoring uh, based on, on lots more information than, than we do today in, in our current setup and that make, make it uh, uh, less, more or less uh, uh, just, uh, to be honest. But, but uh that, that you know, surveillance is is uh, is a uh, uh, super tricky. I mean, it, that that's done in in other places than China as well, in the UK uh, and and elsewhere. So so let's not kid ourselves. But but you know, here's here's one of those. There's a human at the other end. There's a there's a hopefully elected, but certainly a government at some point who has made a decision. We will allow this because uh, we have reasons. Mm-hmm. All right, well, then we'll move on a little bit and talk about kind of education in a different context. So let's say with the dot-com boom and all of these things that happen digitally, there are a lot of people who are at the forefront, but then there are a lot of people who are left behind. So with AI and the complexity of it and all the things that you have to understand, you said right now, for example, only data scientists can really truly understand the powers. So how can we make AI a thing that's more accessible to many people as opposed to something that's very limiting and therefore limiting opportunities, jobs, et cetera? No, this is this is uh, at the at the heart of what I think is interesting. So I think um, the, the optimist view is is that AI has it, its its interface. I can talk to it the way we're talking now. I can talk to AI and I can get uh, you know uh, uh, recent statements back, right? And I can I can bounce back and forth far better than than uh, uh, Google or or you know Alexa or anything like that can do today. Uh, so, so it's a, it's a quite a compelling um, uh, use case, and, and that that um, that makes it much more accessible. Uh, I don't even need to write, much less write code, to be able to utilize uh, uh, conversational AI in the future. However, it's still going to be it's 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 extremely costly, right? We 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 think it's is for free. It's not. It's it's mm. subsidized in many ways. But uh, uh, the computing power alone, the 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 electricity that goes into just uh, one chat GPT query is, is immense. Uh, so, so there is a, there's a natural, uh, um, uh, there, there will be a forcing function in, in, in the sense that this is costly. Um, the, the, the data in itself is not that costly, uh, 
the but the computing power certainly is right. So mm-hmm. so um, um, uh, um, I'm I'm not sure. But but the the really cool thing is is the when we figure that out, then we will. And, and naturally, prices keep falling. From computing power gets more and more. You, you know, it, it gets cheaper every year. There's the more law still applies largely. Um, and and that means that, that we'll probably be able to bridge that. And then we have a, a pretty cool situation where where you have um, uh, uh, and, and you enable uh, what what's what you know the, the digital divide will will uh, to some degree disappear because we made access to the technology much uh, uh, much easier and, and, um, and frictionless. But do you think that countries that maybe can't afford AI as much or countries that aren't as focused as technology as say Sweden is do you think that they would be able to keep up with the rest of the world without having to deprioritize other issues they're having in their countries you know I think I think uh, um, they, they, they deal a lot of countries deal with other problems they deal with with uh, you know uh, uh, unemployment or, or um, will I eat today uh, will will there be fish when I go uh, out with my boat what's what's uh, what kind of pest is destroying my crop um, if you if you apply the power of, of knowledge in those circumstances it becomes a life and death or, or you know uh, Really, a really poor life or, or a much better life. So, so you know, using AI and image recognition, I can use my cheap smartphone, make a photo of, of that pest that is uh, that is uh, uh, destroying my crop, and immediately get a response to to what it is and, and how I should deal with it in a, in a sustainable uh, fashion, right? So, or where I should go to to fish because uh, you know ai tells me that that uh, likely you'll find a better catch in this in this part of the indian ocean whatever so i think those are there, there's so many use cases that that i think are, are much more um, important and urgent um, to advance uh, humanity than than um, is there will they have access to the same uh, technology as as we have in Sweden? Probably not in the short term, but you know we can do a lot of, of great things with with AI and technology in the in the in the near term. Anyway, so what about Google's AI? What do you think is going to be big about that, and how do you think that's going to advance? No, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's been a while since I left Google, and uh, uh, they've been at it for for a very long time. So I'm I'm quite bullish. Um, uh, the uh, you know when when Google deploys their tech they they will design it for billions not uh millions right so mm-hmm. so so we're in a, we're in a, you know we've gone from recently from hundreds of thousands of users to to millions of users potentially tens of millions of users we will very soon break into billions of users and i think it's one thing that google is, is great that is making you know democratizing technology if you think about android um, Android is is uh, the free operative system for for you know eighty percent of, of smartphones uh, run on Android. We don't see it too much in our part of the world because we we're, we're rich. Uh, but but if you have to pay hundreds of dollars for for just the operative system, uh, you know you cannot make uh, the power of smartphones available to lots of, uh, to to billions of people, right? So so Google is behind that as they are with search. You don't, you don't pay for it. So so I think. Google's big contribution beyond typically uh, developing great software and great tech is is uh, is uh, its um, its focus on on the many users, right, and and the democratization of, of technology. Well, one thing I have as a follow up for that is then, 
Google makes a lot of its money off of things like ad revenue, etc. So how do you think that they're going to try and monetize this? Because I personally don't think that Google is just a company that's trying to better the world necessarily. No, no, you're, you're right. And, and uh, you know, for, for there's a, if you think about Android and if you think, think about those things, it's, it's wh- why, uh, why did they do that out of the goodness of their hearts? No, of course, that, that's, that's part of it. They, 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 I mean, the mission of Google is, is uh, uh, very, you know, core to, to bring the power of, of information to everyone. But their model is the ad-supported revenue model, and that, that thrives on, on two things, you know, the, the, the click price and the eyeballs, right? So, so many eyeballs, more revenue, right? And the high click price, uh, high revenue. So that's, that's how they've operated in, uh, in, uh, in um, uh, yeah, since 98. Mm-hmm. Or I think 2000, uh, when the AdWords, um, um, uh, you know, the ad model was, was launched. Um, with AI, it's interesting, right? There, there's, a, there's a scenario where search as an industry, which is a multi-billion dollar industry, will become smaller because a lot of, of, of the queries that we ask today that are answered in, in uh, 12 or whatever, nine blue links uh, that are ad, uh, you know, um, uh, basically ads, and, and when you click them, Google makes money, will tomorrow be answered uh, in one coherent sentence by someone, not necessarily Google. But, but you know, what happens then? How, how are they going to monetize it? Will, you, you could see a scenario where you, the search as an industry contracts, which would hurt Google badly. Uh, or, you know, it, does, it doesn't happen because most of those queries weren't monetized anyways. Or you see a scenario where, where actually... Uh, Everyone's moving into subscription, and and you 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 move away from the um, uh, ad supported um, uh, model. And uh, you know, an old saying is that the biggest mistake in the early days of the web was uh, not uh, creating a micro payment uh, uh, system so that I could buy access to that article uh, two cents, and I'll read that article as opposed to being bombarded with with all those ads. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, then transitioning a little bit more to your field of work in EQT. How have you seen it? Well, first of all, can you outline maybe what EQT does for people who aren't as aware? And also, how have you seen AI been powerful with things like Mother Brain, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So, so EQT is an alternative investment company. It means that we, we invest in uh, uh, non, uh, you know, we, we buy companies, but not listed companies. So, so we, it's not liquid in the sense that uh, we can trade it uh, over a day. Uh, we take long-term positions, uh, five, six years uh, typically, and uh, we do so in, in uh, globally. Uh, we do it in, in. We have many different strategies. We sometimes we buy infrastructure properties like uh, you know, uh, and harbor or you know, aviation things like that. We buy uh, private equity, which is the the origin uh, where you have. Uh, uh, basically, um, uh, a, a company that is not listed. And mm-hmm. then we have growth, which is basically uh, proven and scale, scaled up startups. And lastly, we have ventures, we can, which can be in any stage, right? Here's, here's a great idea, pre-revenue. We think these guys are great founders, so we're, we're investing in them to be part of their, their journey or to somewhat more mature where you have, you have lots of customers, you have lots of revenue, um, but you're, you're not that mature, right? So that's what we do. And, and uh, our customers are uh, d- different kinds, but, but we basically serve the pensioners of this world. So, so big uh, retirement funds, they come to us and say, we've got some cash. 
we need returns so that we can we can make sure that our uh, um, pensioners uh, have a good life when they when they retire. Uh, so we trust you to to make this pile of money uh, multiple, uh, you know, grow it, uh, and we take that money, we invest it in in companies, and and we we. Um, those companies grow. We sell those companies, and we distribute the money back to to uh, uh, to our investors. And and to that end, I mean, um, uh, what you just heard is is finding the right investment targets. Who should we buy? Um, that is that is one original use case where we where we use uh, AI. So. Uh, Mother Brain is uh, EQT's uh, uh, AI platform, which is uh, the the origin was to identify uh, cool startups that have some sort of traction in the marketplace and and uh, flag them to us so that humans can can go build a relationship to the founders and and potentially invest. And today we're expanding Mother Brain to be a uh, um, a tool for all investment professionals to to make them aware of, of data rather than having investment professionals go and, and look for data we make data of, of certain kinds come to our investment professionals so so that they get flagged on on uh, interesting movements in their geography in the sectors that they uh, that they uh, um, uh, monitor and, and make sure that they become as as, uh, as aware as they potentially can because humans are great at making decisions and reasoned uh, thinking but but uh, Technology is is uh, much better at at uh, uh, doing this at scale. But if you use if you use AI to in when investing, wouldn't it give everyone the same advice and what to invest in? And couldn't you then use the opposite of what the AI is suggesting to tip or to control the market? <laughs> yeah. That, look. Uh, uh, um, there, I, I need to be a little bit careful here, so I don't, I don't want to give away our entire play, playbook here. But but uh, um, let me let me instead describe uh, a, a, a particular use case of, of um, finding the right needle in the haystack. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's millions of startups every year. Excuse me. <coughs> and um, uh, finding finding the right ones to invest in. You can actually uh, you can you can look at early trends, right? You can you can see if if there are certain companies that that um, that have uh, you have you have a normal trend, and then there's some companies that underperform towards that trend, and some companies that overperform. And if you look at uh, a, a data series like uh, Twitter mentions of a certain brand, or or uh, let's say query search queries uh, on on Google and Bing. Uh, if you think about uh, web traffic to a certain website owned by that company, or you know, lots of you aggregate those signals up, and you see here's a company that 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 is, has a, a sharper curve. It's it's trending. It has an accelerating trend. That can be a signal that that goes back to say, here's something happening. People people either love or hate this company. Uh, you might want to look into it. Sometimes uh, there, all of that activity happened because there's some scandal or there's something hugely negative. But sometimes it's it's a it's an early warning and it's an indication that guys go go look at this company. It's it's trending really well. A lot of people seem to like this this product and and. Uh, um, potentially, this this will be a winner, right? So, so and looking back now, we've we've been doing this for for a number of years. We see that we we have several unicorns, uh, i.e., companies uh, valued at uh, over one billion dollars, uh, uh, that were originally discovered by Mother Brain and and flagged to us by a machine as opposed to by a human, which is cool. Do you think it's hard to code 
a, an AI to conduct risk assessments on investment? Or like, would you say that that's a difficulty in having AI deal with investment? I, I think, so, so um, um, Alexandra, uh, our head of Mother Brand, she, she likes to say um, uh, that, that um, uh, the, the, the al algorithms won't replace people. People will algorithms will replace people, and and we think you know the the combination is what's important. You have yeah. you have technology. Uh, th those who win are the people who have the best technology and are the best at leveraging that technology, and that's that's where that's that's how we look at it. So so this is very much if you think if you think about uh, code, um, uh, there's a there's a, a live product out there now uh, that can enhance using using all of the data in G GitHub. Yeah, it, it can enhance your productivity as, as a software engineer by 55%. By, by just, you know, you, you, you essentially become a cyborg, right? You have this exoskeleton yeah. that makes you ultra strong, or, you know, but, but you're writing code, which is, uh, which is cool. But it's still you. You're st re still responsible for the code you make. And, and, you know, AI is just a tool that helps you become more produ productive. So then I guess one final thing that I have to wrap up, not to be cliche or anything, but if you had to say a few things that you thought were the most powerful about AI and a few things that you thought in general would be the biggest drawbacks that we'll see in the next, I don't know, five, 10 year stretch, what would you say those would be and how will they affect, et cetera? Um, I, th I think we have all of the tools to dramatically improve human life. Uh, we have one, uh, one earth and, and uh, we need to be super mindful how we use it. Uh, and, and, and if you think about... Uh, climate. Uh, if you think about, we need to produce our, our ability to produce uh, 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 green energy. Uh, if you think about uh, the, the the healthcare uh, challenges that we have, if you think about feeding the planet, uh, if you think about you know growing crops that can sustain severe uh, conditions, AI can be an immensely useful tool to do that. That's what excites me. And and then there are. And there are um, lots of, of uh, horrible situations. I mean, I, I got to say, you know, surveillance and, and things like that, that, that is more concerning. ChatGPT in the school environment, I'm, I'm not losing any sleep over it, to be quite frank. <laughs> That's a small thing. Yeah. Yeah, we're all good. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.